Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Who's Got Next podcast. Bryce Wyatt, Riley Shepard, August 4th, 2020 edition. Bryce, we're back after a week off, but we've got a lot, lot in store. Any Anything from the last few weeks that you want to share to the people? Oh, uh, sports are back, and that's that's the... I think the whole point of this thing, I'm, I'm so excited, uh, pretty much have been doing nothing but watching straight all day basketball, right. which I love, by the way, I think having a NBA basketball game on at 2 PM to watch is so much better than having to wait till like 8 PM every day. No, I, um, I agree. It's, it's kind of like summer league, which is one of my favorite things to watch over this, over the summer, obviously, which a lot of people I know a lot of people don't actually watch it, but it's one of my favorite things because, I mean, there are games on at 10, 11 in the morning. So as soon as I wake up, I just turn on turn on a summer league game, and it's kind of the same exactly. feel to this. Well, that or March Madness. I would compare right. it big time. I, I think we got our, what month, August Madness here with the NBA, um, and I'm, I'm super stoked. It's been a, a lot of fun. The games have been good. I think the atmosphere, honestly, I haven't really been able to tell much of a difference with fans there, fans not there. I think having those virtual fans and like fake seats kind of makes it look like there's actually some real fans in the stands. So you really, I mean, you really have to give credit, credit to the NBA for this. It, they did a, they did a phenomenal job actually setting up a real atmosphere with the virtual, the virtual fans have been, it's a little, it's a little, looks a little weird at first. Don't get me wrong. But once you actually get used to it, it because the way they do it is whoever the technically home team is, it's all fans from there. You know, they're, yeah. they're all they're all wearing whatever team jersey or T-shirt, whatever, to actually give them a home court advantage in a sense as and much as they can. I think that's kind of cool because even when like if you see the opposite team is like uh, like having uh free throws and stuff like they'll have the fans behind the the net like kind of trying to distract them and stuff i think it's really cool and yeah credit to the nba credit to adam silver i think the execution of the whole thing was done so perfectly and the fact that they've had now two rounds of 100 percent free like no positive tests i think that's incredible yeah 100 um, percent. i mean they they are doing like they obviously have to be safe in a bubble like this, and they and some players have commented on it. But as long as nobody's testing positive, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And you you brought this up earlier, but all the games have been close, which it's only twenty two teams. It's the top twenty two teams in the NBA. So, I mean, the one seed in the East isn't playing the fifteen seed. So all the games are going to be relatively close. And they have been. I mean, basically every game I've watched so far has came down to the wire. Yeah, it's been fun basketball, and I think that I think that there's no need to bring back all 32 teams. I think that would have been a big waste. And yeah, the fact that they brought the best 22 and the games matter. Like everyone who's in the bubble right now, technically has a chance to make it to the playoffs. Oh, 100%. And even even the Bucks, who have the one seed locked up, 
out out in the East, they're still playing hard. I mean, the yeah. Rockets game the other night, even that though the Bucks great. ended up losing, but Giannis was Giannis was still playing hard at the end of the game, and he ended up dropping only only Giannis like numbers. But the Rockets, the Rockets, for example, they looked like contenders. They looked like t- title contenders in that game. No, I agree, and I and I I personally hate the Rockets. I think they're my least favorite team in all of the NBA. <laughs> but I will say that I think for the teams like the teams who have already clinched their spot in the playoffs, especially the one seeds and the Lakers and the Bucks, who have a pretty handedly lead over everyone else, I think. Right now, the Lakers are five and a half. So technically, if they lose every single game, they could still be taken over. But I think the likelihood of that is really small and the Bucs have a good lead. But anyways, I think more than anything, it's more about trying to get your team back together and get that chemistry back and being able to play because you don't need to play to your highest level of basketball until the playoffs come. Because to be honest, these games really don't matter for those teams. For yeah, for, I, for certain teams, yeah. And and I think that especially from the Lakers, because I'll be honest, I haven't been extremely impressed with the Lakers in the bubble. Um I, I think I mean A D went off the other night, but I don't I don't think LeBron is fully locked in yet. And I think honestly, especially for the Lakers, it's like I think more than anything, it's more important just to get those like kind of role players like back in the groove of like playing well with the rest of the team, getting that chemistry back, playing in like live action games, trying to win. I'm not saying that obviously you lose, but I, I think I think there's more. I think LeBron has more to show, and I think once the playoffs come around, he'll be you yeah, know zero I, dark. I, zero I have dark no, I have no doubt. For LeBron when it comes to the playoffs but like you like you mentioned the Lakers also acquired a lot of players in the in the four months they were off I mean Dion Waiters J.R. Smith and the main thing for them during these games is to find their role on this team and to get them and to get them used to playing with LeBron and AD and to get the to know the system Especially when Rondo Rondo is scheduled to come back from his from his fractured hand, probably probably the second round is is the timetable. So, especially for when he comes back, that's going to be a big deal for the Lakers and and Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith. They need to they're going to need to change their role when that happens too. So. No, I agree. Even though, even though they they did win against the Clippers, which was also a close game, I I think it was a three point game at the end at the end. But the Clippers also they're another team that have, I mean they they did dismantle they did dismantle the Pelicans the other night, but they did destroy I, the I, Pelicans. I I think the Clippers are really good, but also the Clippers don't have probably their third and fourth best players on the team. Lou Williams is still out from his but, trip to the for, strip for, club. For getting for getting food yeah. at a strip club, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I heard not not anything else. Wings. I heard they have the best chicken wings in all of Atlanta. <laughs> but that's, that's that is what, from, it was J.R. Smith that said that actually. That's coming he said from they had the best Smith. chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> 
J.R. Smith's the same guy they got to watch with the Hennessy in the in the bubble, though. So it's like, <laughs> you know, who who do you trust these days? But uh, even though, I mean, you were you were the one that sent me CBS. It was CBS Sports that that made that parody for the um, for the snitch for the snitch hotline. Yes, but that was hilarious. If, if you haven't that seen that video, great. definitely check that out. It was it was hysterical, but. No, yeah, Lou Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell was obviously out that night against the Lakers too. So it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting when when all of these teams are healthy again. Which another team that is now healthy that we haven't mentioned is the Portland Trailblazers, who are yeah. who are the ninth seed out west right now, two games back from the Grizzlies for that eight spot, but they are eligible for that play in tournament right now. I'm telling you, the... I, I think the Trailblazers could get that spot. And it's unfortunate because I know we would have, we really wanted to see the Pelicans and the and the Lakers. But I I personally don't think that's gonna happen. I think the amount of time they've been playing um Zion is absolutely ridiculous. You can't play him for fifteen minutes and expect to win the game, to be honest, with that team. There's no way. So, yeah, and they they did they did lose a uh, nail baiter against the against the uh, uh, Jazz the other night. Uh, but yeah, because they did they did sit Zion towards the end of the game. They they had a minutes restriction on him, and like you said, that's just that's a player. I know they they're cautious about his, his past injuries, but these games are important. Every game is important. This is this is a half of an NFL season, and an NFL season is important in itself. Yeah, and I, and every I game that. is important. I I get them wanting to save their big star, and that's the future. Like whatever, I get that. But also, you have to remember, like he wasn't just coming back from an injury. Like he's been back. He's been playing to the highest level he can. Like. There's there's no like there's no there's no reason to really have that minute restriction on him because his injury was what like months ago and he's been training, been practicing, been going into like playing in the scrimmages like I don't know. I think I think him leaving the bubble didn't help and I think that that is part of the reason why he probably was on some type of limit restriction. But I still just don't understand that fully, to be honest, because yeah. it's like I there he's his injury's over with. Like I I don't know. I think that that was stupid, especially like we said, if they're trying to contend. And they did beat the Grizzlies last night, but they did. I still and he had a, he had a I, great game. I yeah, twenty five points. I think seven boards, five assists, and yeah, and I mean that's the thing is that he's. Usually, not always, obviously, but he's usually the best player on the floor at any given time. Yes, that's facts. And I, I don't I don't understand. Part of me thinks that I don't know. And I, I heard I want to say it was the Pelicans head coach. Uh, Alvin Gentry. Alvin yeah. Gentry? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, when Zion was injured earlier, like towards the end of the first part of the season. Um, he pretty much came out and said he'd rather 
like not play Zion and not make the playoffs in his first year than like risk the rest of his career, which I do completely understand that. But it's like part of me is questioning right now, are they trying to make the playoffs? Like does Zion have an obligation in October that like he can't right. attend the playoffs for? I don't get it. But uh and, but and hey, it is, it is what it is. I, I think that was just our pipe dream to really see like LeBron versus Zion round one of the playoffs. Like and, it would have been to be to be honest, they do not look like a playoff team right now. No. At all. No. And it's Zion and the Goon Squad. Right, right. And but but like I mentioned earlier, the Trailblazers now have Yusuf Nurkic back. Zach Collins is healthy. They look good. Mello's playing pretty Mello is balling recently. out. Yeah, like which I think he got like quite a resurgence after he you saw he lost a lot of weight before the bubble like started. Um and, and I think he kind of like got a Got a second win. I'm happy for him, honestly. Yeah, they they had him. They had excuse me. They had a overtime win against the Grizzlies on the 31st, and last or two nights ago, they they did lose to the Celtics, but it was a four point game. They were up. They were in there until the Celtics are probably one of the best teams in the bubble right now. That is that's one thing I wanted to bring up is out in the East. There are four teams that I legitimately see coming out. And the the Bucks are obviously still my favorites to come out of the East, but the Celtics, the Celtics, the the Raptors, and even I know it's a it's gonna be a long shot, but the Heat can can bring can all bring the Bucks to seven game series. I I agree. I think the Bucks are the most vulnerable team in this in the East, especially. I think that as much as I think the West is stacked up at the top with the Lakers and the Clippers, I think the East has more depth. And I think that I, I don't know. I I like I like the teams in the East, and I think that honestly, I am real high on the Raptors right now. The Raptors because I, I think they're really good. I don't understand how the fuck or how the heck they are getting better without Kawhi. I, I don't get it. Um, it. But I think Fred Van Vliet, I've always thought he was a star since the first time I saw him. And uh, Pascal Siakam's going off like. They have some stars, and you have, obviously, I mean, yeah, you have to give a lot of credit to Nick Nurse as well. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think these people are never going to be like. I don't personally think that any of them could lead a team to a finals by themselves. I don't think they're a LeBron or Giannis type of player, but together, like that, they're deadly. Like I think that. To like that's a team full of like really 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 good role players. Like I don't think any of them, like I said, are gonna be like huge NBA stars and get these ginormous contracts on a team with nobody because I don't think they'll do anything. But I think together they're they're playing really well right now. Um, 
I think that they kind of have a chip on their shoulder because they are, and that's kind of strange because they just won the championship, but it's still like pretty, pretty much everyone's doubted them when Kawhi left pretty much wrote them off. I feel like throughout the year, it was shocking to a lot of people when the Raptors went on that big winning streak and I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy for him. I think that I like seeing the the Raptors play pretty well. Yeah, but. they they like you like you mentioned. Obviously, Fred VanVleet and and Kyle Lowry are they're a great backcourt together. They were last season, and they still are. But I mean, even these role players, like obviously, obviously Pascal Siakam is is their is their guy and. They're going to, I think they're, I'm sure they're going to surround their, their franchise around him for the years to come because he's still really young. But I mean, guys like OG Ananobi too, he, obviously he, he's filling that, that Kawhi role to be able to guard anybody on the floor at any given time. He, he doesn't come with the scoring Kawhi does, not even close, but that's somebody that if they were to match up with the Lakers or Clippers in the finals, he's somebody that could, that could contain as much as anybody, a guy like LeBron or Kawhi or Paul George. And I think if they go against the Clippers, they know Kawhi, they know him real well. And I think that that would be a very big advantage for the Raptors. Um, knowing how to how to defend them. They've played so many scrimmages, practices against him, with him. I think that that would be a bit bigger advantage. I, I like the Clippers. I've always kind of said that. I think the Clippers could still win the whole thing. I think they're personally better than the Lakers, even though the Lakers barely beat them the other night. I, I just think that, I mean, both Kawhi and LeBron have, like, playoff modes. So it's like even when they match up in the playoffs, I, I don't really see much of an advantage to the Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis, I think once, like I said, Lou Williams comes back, I, I just think the Clippers overall are like a sneaky, like better team. Yeah, and and you did mention the the Lakers. The Lakers did did come out with the W against the against the Clippers the other night. Barely. But yeah, barely. And Montres Harrell was not was not playing. Lou Williams was not playing. And another another team that a lot of people have kind of kind of written off is the is the Heat. You know, they they lost to lost to the Raptors yesterday. But that was a close game too though. It was. It was very close. 107 to 103 was the final. And I think the I think, Heat the Heat can match up with just about anybody. No, I agree. And I, I think the thing with the Heat, so the Heat in the regular season blew out the Bucks. Blew them out. I think it was by like twenty something points. It was crazy. And the key to that win, at least when I was watching it, they they found a way to lock down Giannis defensively. Um I think if they can do that again, I think they could beat them in a seven seven game series. And the, the thing the with the the thing with the bubble is I didn't even mention the 76ers earlier who who a lot of people don't see them 
contending out in the East. But the reason behind that is they're 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 terrible on the road. The 76ers are trash. I hate the 76ers. Ben Simmons last night, who was supposed to be their star, had eight points. Eight. He had eight points. points. That's That's embarrassing. embarrassing. (laughs) But the the reason that I, I could see them maybe, maybe getting to the Eastern Conference Finals is because they're... They were really good at home during the regular season. Terrible on the road. But there's no real, real home court advantage in the bubble. So, could the 76ers, how how far in the playoffs do you see the 76ers actually going? I don't see them going far at all. I really don't. Past the first round? I, I mean, yes, I think they'll go past the first round. It really depends on who they're playing. Because, like I said, I think that, like, middle of the East, like, from, honestly, like, the third seed to even, like, the seventh seed, because you, I don't know, I I think they're still very good and very competitive. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just, I yeah, you're right. The 76ers are trash away. Like, they're trash away. And now no one really has much of a home court advantage at all. And, and like I said, Ben Simmons can't like have a game where he make eight points. That's it. That's all he did all game. And he fouled out like that's bad. Yeah, that, that was, that was really bad. bad. Even in, though the 76ers, the 76ers did end up winning that game. But... Yeah, but I feel like in a game they should have handedly won. They barely won to the Spurs who are barely going to get in the playoffs. Like I just, I, I don't. I don't really fully understand the 76ers. I think that I can't wait for it all to blow up in their face. I'll be completely honest with you. I because I think that this uh, off season some big someone big is getting traded, either Joe Embiid, Ben Simmons, something's happening. Who who would all... if you if you were the 76ers GM, who would you who would you get rid of? Ben Simmons, easily. Ben Simmons, really. I, I, I think I'd keep Joel Embiid because I think Joel still has that dominant, dominant like presence on the court. It's, ben Simmons it's so inconsistent. Yeah, but I mean, so is Ben Simmons. I think they both are really inconsistent. I think that that's that's why I'm not really ever high on the 76ers because I really think that they might be one of the most inconsistent teams in the NBA. They are. And they are. It just, yeah, like I said, I, I don't, I don't really understand them. I, I don't like them at all. I don't like them one bit. I don't want to see them in this bubble anymore. So the sooner the better. And the, um, they are, they are currently, currently the sixth seed in the East. So, but they could, they could climb as high. Realistically, they could climb as high as the four seed. Right Not now, they happen. would be matching up against the Celtics. I see them getting blown out in that series, but if they can get the right matchup, I say they could they could beat the Pacers in a seven game series. I don't see them beating the Heat either, but I say, no. I no. see if they if they match up against the Pacers, even though I do love the Pacers, and I think they're really underrated. 
they don't, I don't see them beating them in a seven-game series. I think the 76ers have too much star power. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I don't know, man. I think I think if they I think they're probably just gonna go up against the Celtics. I don't really necessarily see the seedings moving around a whole lot, especially since we've already had a lot of games. Yeah. Um I just don't really see that happening a whole lot. If they go against the Celtics, I'm calling it a four game series at that, most. That could like, that could definitely be a sweep. Sweeper like five game series. No, five, five, yeah, sorry, not four game, five, five game series, or like, yeah, honestly, I just don't see it really working out for them like that. Yeah, the this 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 playoff this playoffs is probably this might be the best playoffs we've had in a long time because there's no real favorites. Everybody has the big three. In the Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers, but with the bubble, any literally anything can happen. And no, I, we, I agree. We saw that. We saw that the other night with with uh, Jonathan Isaac. I mean, towards ACL, and he probably shouldn't have been in that game in the first place. In that in that moment of time, the Magic were up twenty during that when when that happened. With, but I mean, like you. I mean, injuries can happen, and there's no home court advantage. There's there's no real home court advantage, and you know, we've seen we've seen players. I mean, T.J. Warren went off for 53 the other night. That's true. So, you know who I'm, let's touch this right real quick before we kind of move on. But I'm pretty high on the Magic right now. I think they're playing really well. Um, I I know that yeah, Jonathan Isaac just tore his ACL, which is awful, but. I don't know. I think they're playing really well. They blew out the Kings the other day. Um, I don't think they've lost the game since they've been been in the bubble. Uh, obviously, I think going. I think they're going to get that seventh seed instead of the Nets because the Nets are just like the <laughs> the yeah. third team, third string players out there on the court. Right, right. That that team doesn't make any sense, but. I, I think they could potentially get that seed instead of the Nets and maybe have an easier road. But I don't necessarily see them beating a Clippers or even a Denver Nuggets in the playoffs seven game. But I'm pretty high on them right now. I like watching them play. Um, obviously, I, I tend to root for the Magic, I think, a little more just because I'm in Orlando and I've never had much, like, association with a specific team because there's no team in Tampa and so I, I kind of call the Magic my team but they're fun to watch right. I think they're a young team I think down the road they'll be pretty competitive they, they are they have a lot of young players but like you said we do we do have to we do have to move on and you did you did mention Tampa and it was it was your it was your boy Tom Brady's birthday yesterday for the big four three. Forty-three years young. He's uh, <laughs> he's gonna be uh, doing some things. I'll tell you that. I don't know, man. I think it's so exciting to just see like Tom Brady and Gronk like in Bucks gear on the practice field. Tom's throwing to Gronk again. And here, here's my thing: is I think that they're just like trolling everyone. I think that. <laughs> 
Tom and Gronk know they're going to be good. They just know it. If they look at the talent that Tampa already had before Tom and Gronk came, and they see that, like I've seen it for years, but no one seems to see it. I think they think, I think they know that they're going to be really good. Like, I just don't the, see how they're no, not that, good. No, that Tampa Bay offense, and you mentioned they signed LaShawn McCoy. They that signed LaShawn McCoy, which I will admit, Shady is a little old. He's old, but I yes, mean, the rest yes. of our pretty, I mean, I saw a few tweets, and this is funny and very true. We would have won the Super Bowl in 2015, no doubt. We would have, like, probably been on the <laughs> Like, that's just, I mean, everyone was in their prime. I get it. We're an old team on, on like, the key players. We Gronk, Tom Brady, Shady McCoy. But we also have Ronald Jones, who, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated running backs in the league. He ran for over 1,000 yards last year. Like, he's... He's not bad, and I really like him, and we re-signed him. And I think having uh, LaShawn McCoy there to kind of teach him some things, they're a very similar style running back, kind of Un- same undersized and yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly, a little undersized. I-, I personally think that LaShawn's still pretty good. He He played well for the Chiefs last year. I just don't think the Chiefs really needed him because they have Ty- Tyreek Hill and, you know, a whole arsenal over there, but – I, I, I'm very I'm very happy with that pickup. I think that it's kind of a little bit underrated, to be honest, because I think that, like I said, he played well last year in Kansas City, and I think just being able to be that, like, mentor, someone for Ronald Jones to, like, kind of look up to, I think Ronald Jones is bound to have kind of a takeoff year. And, and, and like you said, they don't, they don't need LaShawn McCoy to be, you know, the Eagles' LaShawn McCoy – in his prime, but no, like if they can be a good secondary, secondary running back, they're going to, that offense, I just think, I mean, they, they obviously, they have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, the, the tandem wideouts, OJ Howard, Cameron Cameron Bray, they just have a lot of weapons. That's what I'm saying. Without Gronk and Tom Brady, we're a really good team. And I think that, if James, like, and I'll say, I said it once, and I'll say it again. If Jameis Winston threw five less interceptions, five, we'd make the playoffs. And, and, and put that, just, to put that in comparison, that would have been 25 interceptions, which is, which still, is, still, which is still a lot. insane amount. <laughs> we would have made the playoffs, though. Our defense, I think, is sneaky, sneaky underrated. We have the best pa- pass rushing defense in the league statistically i think we uh pressure the quarterback the most last year and that's also kind of an old front but then i think we have the probably in my opinion probably the two best dual uh linebackers in the game right now devin white and levante david that pair is like almost unstoppable i think our secondary kept getting better and better as the year went on at the end of the season we had the sixth best defense in the league and it took some time to get there. And I think Todd Bowles, our defensive coordinator, is really, really kind of putting things together. I don't know. I could talk to the, I could talk about the Bucks for hours. I'm just really excited. Uh, it's great to see them out there. I think that they know that they're going to be good. Like I said, I think they're just trolling everyone. And I think they want people to be like, oh, no, they're overrated. Blah, 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 all this nonsense. Someone from the Saints the other day said, 
we're competing for second place. Yeah, we're competing for second place. Sure. Think whatever you want to think. <laughs> oh, That's my man. take on the whole thing. Um, well, well, like you said, Tom Brady just turned 43 yesterday. Four other quarterbacks, only four have started at quarterback at 43 years old. And they have a combined two and six record. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to go two and six with Tom Brady or anywhere near that, that bad of a record. What, like, realistically, what could you see the Buccaneers finishing this season in, uh, the, in the tough NFC South? Let's see. Because we also play the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we, we played the Chiefs. We play the Broncos, who I think are kind of a on-the-up type of team. So I think we beat the Saints one out of two. We beat the Panthers both times. We beat the Broncos. We beat the Chargers. We beat the Bears. The Packers beat us. We beat the Raiders. We beat the Giants. Saints beat us. We beat the Panthers. We beat the Rams. The Chiefs beat us. We beat the Vikings. We beat the Falcons. We beat the Lions, and then we beat the Falcons again. It. I, I think we could be a 10, 10, 10 win that's, team. That's actually exactly. I was thinking ten and six would be would be yeah. a great season. Because, like I said, I think I think the the Saints would have us once. I think the Chiefs would have us. I think the Chiefs game would be a close game, though. I think that the Packers could have us. And that's really honestly about it. The rest of our – I think that the NFC South is going to be super competitive, and I think the it Panthers is. are going to be a team to watch out for. That I could see us going one-on-one with them just because I think if the whole Teddy Bridgewater thing works out, uh, that could kind of – that could work to their favor. And Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is a beast, although – the Bucks also have the best rushing defense in the NFL. Like, we stopped Christian McCaffrey last year. We stopped Derrick Henry last year. We stopped Saquon last year. No one can get past that front four. I'm just saying. So, I don't I don't see it being much of an issue. I just want the season to start. I'll be honest. No, and, and the NFL may not be making a lot of headway, but college football actually is. And the SEC – and the ACC have both agreed on interconference games, strictly interconference games for this season. And you actually mentioned this earlier that I I didn't know. The ACC also correct me correct me if I word this wrong, but the ACC is also allowing their teams to play one in-state in-state non-conference game. Yes, yeah, one in-state out-of-conference game which would mean at least let's put this in like to comparison for UCF that could mean we could potentially get one game if not two games within the ACC which would be Florida State and Miami personally although I think that Florida State is ass and (laughs) I pray for the Seminoles to be bad for the rest of my life but I think that would be a big high-profile get for us. I think Miami would even be even better. 
Um, right. Especially for us losing, we lost North Carolina, our games. We had scheduled games against North Carolina and Georgia Tech. Well, Georgia Tech isn't officially off the table. From what I heard, the ACC might also be allowing, like, right there type of states. So, like, since Georgia Tech is so close, there's okay. still a possibility to where we could still play Georgia Tech um, as, like, their out-of-conference game in-state, technically, I guess. But we would have to go to them regardless, which is fine. The only thing I think, knowing Danny White, our athletic director, he really doesn't like the idea of just going somewhere and not getting something in return, which I completely understand that. But I think in a situation like this season, especially where you really can't have many fans in the stands and all that type of stuff, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to to play these bigger schools, try to get those. The downside from their perspective, I personally don't think anyone wants to play UCF ever. 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 Because I especially think, not at home. No, especially, they don't want to come to the yeah, bounce oh, house. They they're not coming to the bounce house, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but like they, they don't want to play us because I really think the UCF is gonna be a good team this year. And I know we kind of had an off year last year, but a, Dylan a, da- a down year truth. for us, but we were still ten and three and finished twenty four in yeah, national and, polls. No, I agree. And but the thing is, we've I mean, at least since I've been at UCF, last year was our first season where we had a loss, period. But we yeah. also haven't lost at home since 2018 or 2017. Maybe. Yeah, Something we have the like longest, that. longest like, home winning streak in college football. Yeah. And I think that that is definitely, I think that, uh, the bounce house is incredible. The the nightmare, like they their student section is wild during those football games, and I, they're not coming to the bounce house. But if we could get these teams, but they they just they they don't want to play us because we are going to be competitive, and that would just kind of add another competitive game for them. And and the people ACC people forget sucks anyways. So well the eight the. Our conference, anyways, I think it's it's not as bad for us as it is for a lot of schools. Because the AAC, the American Athletic Conference last season, had three teams in the top 25. Yeah. Which which is good. I mean, for, for a smaller conference, that's great. And we, we were third out of those teams. And we were still 24. Memphis was good. Cincinnati was great. Cincinnati's good, yeah. I think the American Conference is on the rise because you have Memphis, you have Cincinnati, you even have Houston, who I think is within the next like three to five years going to be like a powerhouse in the conference. I think you also kind of have, I think last year, was it Tulane or Tulsa? I think it was, I think it was Tulane actually like played a pretty good season and they were like close to the top 25 towards the end of the year. Right. So I don't know. I, I think it's a lot more competitive than people think. The The biggest issue is that I think if we can't schedule a couple more out of conference games within like the ACC, if we could get Miami and Florida state or Miami, not Florida state and go undefeated next year, I think we'd have a really good shot at making the playoffs because right. I and- think our, our strength of schedule is, I think, a little better next year. We play Memphis already. I think we could potentially add a couple conference games and then potentially add a couple out-of-conference games. So, 
Yeah, and and this this football season is gonna be it's is gonna be weird. And and there have only been two major conferences that have agreed to this strictly uh, only conference game schedule. Obviously, the Ivy League Ivy League is not having college football whatsoever. So it's no. going to be really interesting to see how how certain conferences plan this and and non football non football season related well as it comes to games but the Pac-12 they are having a a they have a group of over 300 players that have agreed to boycott the season for for coronavirus and along with social justice issues and i think this is the i don't know i don't have the uh, exact exact uh rules or what they would like in front of me but it would include having two percent of whatever revenue they get from this upcoming football season to be uh donated to social justice organizations along with having strict uh coronavirus uh quarantine kind of social distancing rules yeah but this is such a big step for college athletics this is the first time that college college athletes have had the upper hand when it comes to if they want to play this upcoming season for college sport and I absolutely love it there and because they, they simply don't have to play if they don't want to. No. Yeah. But they're, but they're, but they are using it to their advantage, which I love. And this is going to be such a big step in these college athletes actually, you know, feeling like they are more than athletes. I agree, and I think the big thing about you have to be careful with college athletics because you also have to remember they're not just athletes; they're like student athletes. Student so athletes, right? They're they're equivalent to what you and I are in college. Like they're students; they still have to go to class. They still have to, you know, get good grades to stay in school. Although, I mean, they do take some easier classes. I'll give them that. It's smart for them because. If you think about all the requirements and things they have to do as college or like student athletes, especially football, it's insane. Like what they ask them to do sometimes it's like too much. So I don't know. Part of it is like they're kind of risking their health and safety to to play this season. And obviously, as much as we want college football to happen, it just... I think that the NCAA really needs to come up with some type of more standardized plan in order to make it successful. I I don't really like the idea of leaving it up to conferences because I think that just now more than ever, personally, in my view of just anything, really, the more people you have like working together on something, the more successful it's going to be. Right. And if you... And if you just kind of leave it up to everyone to do their own thing, then you're going to have conferences and teams that are kind of left out and forced to not really play much of a season. And I think that's kind of messed up. So, I right. don't know. And, and, and to bring this back to the NBA, for example, Adam Silver went above and beyond to make that 
to make that season as normal as possible while also keeping the players safe. The NCAA, more than any, more than any sports, more than any professional sport, has to do, has to be even better because we forget that these are 18 to 22 year old kids. These aren't grown men, you know. These are kids that are playing these sports without being paid, whatever, whatever you want to say about that. But, but the NBA also allowed their players to have a voice when it comes to social justice issues. And the NCAA has to do that as well. You know, whatever that may be, even if it's like the, the only, the only requirement was donate revenue to social justice organizations. They're not asking to have, have phrases on the back of their jerseys, which the NBA, which I love for the NBA, you know, these players didn't have to come to play if they didn't want to, they had a choice. And the player's requirement was let us have a voice in this, in these issues going on. Phenomenal job by the NBA, but NCAA also has to do that for the season to work as well as it can. And in the time that we're in right now. No, I agree. I think that that is super cool that they allowed them to do that. It worked out really great. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Honestly, like I said, I think the NBA did it very, very well. And one, one league that, which is your, your league, one league that hasn't, hasn't handled it as well is the MLB. Uh, Multiple games have been postponed due to players testing positive for COVID-19. What do, what does the MLB have to do to get this thing back on track? Well, personally, so I, so kind of just to list off some of the teams that have been affected mainly, obviously the Miami Marlins had 14 separate cases of the coronavirus. The St. Louis Cardinals, I think ended up with a total of 13, but here's, here's the deal with the MLB, how they're doing it. And I didn't realize this. And I think that this is probably the stupidest mistake they could have made is they're not really restricting players whatsoever. Do what you want. They said, do what you want, show up to play. Just don't touch anyone. That doesn't make any sense to me, especially when you're traveling and you have all this personnel and you have all this staff or whatever. And it's like, guys, like St. Louis Cardinals, you can't be going to the casino in the middle of a pandemic while you have a job to do. And the Miami Marlins went to like a strip club or something like you, you just can't do that. And I think what the MLB needs to do is start restricting fining players suspending them if they're caught like kind of have like a hotline within the cities a snitch hotline yeah exactly like (laughs) i I, as bad as that might sound like i think that that is the only situation where they can stay in their own city travel and be safe you just have to stay at home you have to quarantine as much as it sucks trust me i get it i'm sick of the quarantine but you kind of have to like you don't really have a choice right now because if you don't, then you're kind of screwed and the whole season's going to be over. So yeah. I don't know. I, from what, uh, 
from what Rob Manfred's been saying, he doesn't really plan to shut it down, which I, I don't really blame him because I do see his perspective on things. I think that they did expect to get cases. Like, I think this was something that they put it, put rules into place to like make it not so bad for the players. Like for example, they have a 60 man roster they can pull from instead of a 30 man roster, which is crazy. So it's like if you have 15 players who get the coronavirus, you can bring 15 players up. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit of your B squad, but it's all temporary. And I think this whole season is very – there's going to be a big asterisk around this season in the MLB specifically. First of all, because there's only 60 games, not 162, less than 100 games. And if you lose five, six games in a row – that's equivalent to losing like 15 games. So it's it's kind of crazy. That is a big aspect of it. And then also the fact that um, you have teams that will like kind of be taken out because of the virus. So I don't know. Right. And, and the thing is that, that the MLB and the players, they were arguing about, about the length of the season, the pay – for so long that for any league, they should have been the one that, that it is taking ex, extreme precautions for the season so it didn't get messed up even more than it kind of has in a sense. One thing that I actually really wanted to ask you is the about the Houston Astros. You know, the, the Houston Astros – in their World Series win, were caught were caught cheating, and this past series that they had this weekend, their three main stars all failed to record a single hit. And one thing that I do have to say is that it is pretty hard to hit a baseball when you don't know what pitch is coming. Yeah, and so did you see all the stuff that happened with, like, Alex Bregman and, um, shoot, the pitcher for the Dodgers? I did not. So, (laughs) Clayton, I'm trying to – I can't think of who it is. I'm trying to think right now. Give me a second because – so, anyway, pretty much it was, like, the first game, the Dodgers versus the Astros, and – if you don't know, the, Dodger, the Dodgers and the Astros played against each other in the World Series, in which the Astros cheated. So there's already kind of a lot of black, bad blood there. Um, and to kind of add, as, as there should be. Yeah, exactly. And to kind of add to everything, the so the Dodgers pitcher, he went ahead and hit, obviously hit by pitch on accident of course oh yeah to the astros for sure and he so he hit by pitch and then he hit another player alex bregman who was the main proponent of like oh like if you don't know what you're like talking about don't talk don't say it in terms of the astros cheating like pretty much no we didn't cheat and then turns out yes they did so he was the main proponent there. So uh, hit him with the pitch and then he kind of frowned at him and he was like, boo hoo. And then oh, I did. I did see this. Yeah. Actually. And then the benches cleared 
But the 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 pitcher for the Dodgers got an eight game suspension, which in a season like this is essentially a thirty six game suspension. <laughs> in this short of a season, that is absolutely ridiculous. And in my opinion, I think the MLB is like taking the Astros' side on this one, and I, I don't like that at all. So, but I mean, well, the, I, I'm uh, happy, the, I'm happy yeah, that the, the Astros back. did kind of just get a slap on the wrist. For this is what a lot of people said, but yeah, I mean, in a short game like th- or a short season like this, every game matters. Yeah, yeah. No, and I and like I said, I'm no, I'm I'm happy the MLB's back. I just hope it doesn't get shut down. To be honest with you, I I love watching the Rays. I don't miss a game now, especially in the short season. Although they're really pissing me off. But regardless of that, we're going to get out of this slump and kind of get back to business. So, no, I, I'm, I'm happy sports are back in general. I think that it just adds to my mental health, like, so much better. <laughs> 100%. I, and and the, that was the biggest thing with, you know, having to stay quarantined. There was nothing really to watch. I watched way too much Netflix and Hulu. And just random shows, but now a bunch of crap. <laughs> if I if I just turn on my TV, there's either baseball or basketball on all day, and and I'm just like you said, I'm just so glad things are as weird as it sounds. This is the first episode that we've ever that we've recorded being a sports podcast that there have actually been sports, active sports to talk about, and not just oh uh, when are when are sports going to return kind of thing. Oh, so I love it. Makes makes this whole experience so much better. <laughs> right. And forever. And hopefully you know, things are, hopefully no, go the ahead, listeners go come through. <laughs> right. And that's that's the thing is that is that we have we have so many different story storylines to talk about, so much so much different drama. Because in the grand scheme of things, professional sports is kind of like a reality TV show, especially the NBA. Especially the NBA, yes. <laughs> So, no, I'm so glad that we're we're actually back to back to whatever this no- new normal is. But before we have, I know everyone was is really excited as as much as we are about having Cam Jones on. Before we bring him on the show, anything you wanted to add, Bryce? No, not really. I I I'm super excited to hear that conversation. Unfortunately, I won't really be able to make it but i i'm excited to hear that conversation i know that i've listened to some of his music recently and it i listen to it at the gym it's on my playlist so uh get excited yeah, and that. He, that should be a good one and yeah bryce bryce did have a, a prior commitment so he unfortunately won't be joining us but i'm really excited to actually talk to him stand-up guy one that's been super cool about being on the show so Really excited for that. He's been one of my favorite favorite artists the last few months since I discovered him. So really excited for you guys to hear about that. So we will be right back. Cam Jones, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. (laughs) Especially I know how busy you are, especially after this past weekend was your birthday. Happy, happy late birthday. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Twenty five years old. How does how does how does it feel? 
getting old, man. I think yeah. it's a, it's like a it's definitely a mixed bag of emotions a little bit. You know, it's like okay, five years that's like right around the corner. That's thirty, but at the same time, it's 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 pretty exciting, and I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see where these next few years go. So I can't yeah, complain, I mean, man. I can't complain. Right? I mean, I'm I'm definitely not I'm definitely not up there yet, but I can't even I can't even imagine how how that feels. But I mean, like you said, you have. It's only twenty five. If you really think about it, that's. But how did how did you spend your how did you spend your birthday? Oh man, a bunch of surprises. So like yeah. my uh, my mom and my girlfriend really spent like two weeks trying to like plan this whole thing out, and yeah. uh, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic. So um, right, that that's probably wasn't easy. <laughs> right, and so um, basically, uh, I'm from the central coast of California, and so there's like this beach that I go to all the time, and so basically my mom like rented this room out um and like just like brought it like divided a bunch of my friends over and basically like my girlfriend like kind of made it a trick she like i thought that she like that i thought that my girlfriend got us the room and like we were just gonna go, go to dinner and all that and then like we get in there and like everyone was in there and so it was pretty cool man it was like right off like right off the side of the beach um just spent like a few days there it's like my favorite place to be so it was a fun yeah, time yeah yeah i mean and you said you you grew up you grew up in california right Yes. Yes. Yeah. How is how is that? Uh, it's insane. No, man. I'm from I mean, Florida, right? So I'm sorry. You said what? I said I'm from I'm from Florida, so that's complete complete opposite side of the of the country. But right. Wait. Hold on. What what part of Florida are you from? I'm from Southwest Florida. I go to I go to school in Orlando, but but where I'm from Southwest Florida, so like Naples, where Dominic Fike is from, basically. Oh, dope. Which, dope, which dope, we're dope, gonna dope. get to later. Dope. Um, okay, yeah, because I was gonna say my dad's my dad's actually from, from Fort Lauderdale. Okay, um, I went I went there. <laughs> I was there spring break, so it was definitely definitely a different area. Right, definitely right. interesting people there. Right, absolutely. But yeah, man, California is it's everything that you probably would would think it is <laughs> for the most part, man. Yeah. It's it's especially where I'm from. It's it's really like 65, 70 degrees year round um it's beautiful man it's definitely like if you ever get the chance to come out here i definitely would recommend it absolutely yeah for sure and i mean just tell 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 us a little bit about yourself i mean you you grew up in california when did you really start taking the music thing seriously um so here's the thing man so i i grew up a student athlete my entire life that's like all i knew was sports and school um so i want to say i mean and that's the thing and the secondary thing for me was music. Like, I just really, really loved music. I was always a kid, uh, you know, as at a young age that always had, like, I was always scouring the internet for, like, you know, on Dat Piff or, like, Hot New Hip Hop. That's when those things were, like, just coming up. And I was just a kid that always had the best playlist. You know what I mean? I had, like, every iPod you could think <laughs> of. And, you know, and, like, and that's the thing. Like, I was yeah. always a kid that was just always looking for new music or just, like, oh, like, I, I bet you haven't heard this. You know? So, like, it the music has just always been an interest of mine solely because, uh, you know, playing sports your entire life, they kind of just go hand in hand, right? You're on the bus ride. You're listening to music. You're warming up. Right. You're listening to music. So it's just been a part of my life forever. But um, I remember when I was in high school, I think Joey Bad. Joey Badass just came out with like 1999 and I, classic, classic, you know, classic project. And just like thinking, I was like, wow, this kid is like literally my age and I, I want to rap. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? right. that, that seems dope, you know? So like, I was just, you know, in high school, like just really doing it for fun. And on top of that, Kid Cudi was like a really big inspiration of mine too. Like when Man in the Moon came out in high school, like for me, that like changed my whole like sonic palette of like what music would sound like, you know? So um, I would say 
that's where like the interest started was like in high school. I, I literally had like, I got a laptop and I just recorded on, I literally had like a pair of Beats headphones and I just recorded straight into GarageBand, not knowing what I was doing at all. But just the thought of like hearing my voice over like an instrumental was the coolest thing to me. <laughs> yeah. And so no, that's, um, that's so dope. I mean, and that's actually kind of relates to this question that I wanted to ask you. So the way that I look at it is, and I've had this conversation with like my parents and grandparents about how this, this area of music, this era of music is really the best time ever because it's so easy to make music now. Absolutely. I mean, not maybe not good music. I mean, there's a lot of trash music out there. Don't get me wrong. Right. But literally anybody can do it, like you said, with GarageBand. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious for somebody who makes music, what your opinion on that is. I think it's I think it's the greatest thing ever, man. I really think that just how you said it. I mean, any there's kids right now that are you know, 16 years old that are like in a basement somewhere that are just cranking out bangers and we don't even know them yet. Right. right. Like it's in, and, and I think that's just the beauty of music. Like it doesn't, um, regardless of what people think, like you don't need crazy equipment. You don't need to spend a thousand dollars on certain things. Like I'd like the, again, going back to when I actually started taking it serious, I was in junior college. Um, I was playing baseball at Santa Barbara city college. And I just remember one day I was like, you know, like, I kind of want to take this serious a little bit. I was always writing still, but never just had like recording equipment, any of that. Right. So what I did was um, I had like saved up some money and I like got this like bundle pack um, on this on this website. Still, mind you, like not knowing what anything does. Like, I don't know what right. an interface is like I, <laughs> how to how to like track vocals. I don't know anything. So I literally just bought all this equipment. I was like, OK, well, it's kind of like a new hobby you know what I mean and the thing is like I said I played baseball my entire life so I kind of understand I'm taking like the things that I've learned from playing sports and just applied it to another hobby you know what I mean so I really just took the time to to teach myself you know what I mean I was literally on YouTube every day like I would come home from practice like do my homework and then I was just on YouTube for hours bro like just trying to figure this thing out and just did that for so long and then finally I'm trying to long story short I actually ended up because I was going to stop playing baseball because I wanted just to just pursue music. I was like, I, you know what? If I'm not going to D1, if I'm not getting drafted, then like I, I want to do music. And so long story short, I ended up getting a scholarship, bro, to the only art school in the nation that's in the NCAA, okay. which is the Academy, yeah. of art, the Academy of Art University of San Francisco. So um, which is kind of like a manifestation type thing for me, man. Like it was literally the yeah, only art school that what are, had. What are the odds kind of thing? exactly exactly so it was like a d2 school bro and like i was able to get my degree in sound design for visual media um so but just going back to to the original question bro i think it's great like there's a lot of kids out there bro that are very interested in in, in making beats or whatever it is bro and like all they have to do is go on youtube and get like a cracked version of like fl studio and next thing you know that could be like the next nick mira that could be the next like yeah. you know it's kind of, it's cool it's, it's really cool yeah, to that's, see. and that's the thing is that literally any anybody can upload on on soundcloud but my next question for you is i mean you do produce a lot of your own tracks obviously right I is do, it, yes. and this is kind of this is something i kind of find interesting because a lot of artists do a lot of artists do learn how to produce their own tracks is it is it hard to trust somebody else if you have a vision a vision of what you want for the track and is it is it hard to trust somebody else with that or 
Uh, not yeah. necessarily, to be completely honest with you. I think, because more often than not, so I, I work on a lot of my stuff, but I also do have buddies around mm-hmm. me that, uh, like another guy of mine, my, my, like one of my best friends, uh, his name is Kobe Williams. I work really closely with him on a lot of things. Um, and he started off making like a lot of my beats. And so, but me learning how to produce was just more of like, one, I just obviously wanted to learn how to do mm. it. Um, you know, and on top of that, just like the waiting factor. Like sometimes like, I just don't want to like sit around and wait for beats. What if I just want to cook it like right, yeah. right now? You know, you, you know, know exactly what you want in that moment. You don't want it to pass you by. Exactly. Exactly. So as far as like um, trusting other people, it, it just really depends, man. Like I, like even with Kobe, like Kobe just sends me stuff all the time. He'll send me beats. I'm like, nah, I'm not really like that. Or like, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on, go in on that. So it just really depends. And even now, man, like there's kids who are like are flooding my DMs, like, yo, like, can I get your email to send beats? Send beats. Totally fine. Like, I'm, I'm always up for yeah. that. So in every once in a while, bro, I'll go through my email and there's just like a beat in there that's just that's crazy. Fire, yeah. You know. So. Yeah, and but yeah, what man. Do you, what do you like? What do you have? I know you just you just released Reckless. Uh, later, later last yes. month. What do you What do you have cooking right now? So that's actually funny you said that. I literally just woke up right now. Um, so I have this. I have this. Um, I'm working with this guy. His name is Moody mm-hmm. Jones. Basically, he's like uh, a very big digital uh, digital marketer. And I'm not sure if you're too familiar with Empire Empire Records. Um, they're based out of San Francisco, and basically, I, I have like this little marketing uh, and distribution deal. And so. Today I woke up and he was just like, cause I, I literally have like a video. He was helping me with this video. I needed like an animation guy to add some like animation to this video. And so he literally just hit me up to this morning and he's like, yo, like, did you upload the track? And I was like, oh no, I was like waiting for the video. So I actually have a, a song coming out. What's today? August 21st. August 21st. Okay. I have a song coming up. August 21st in three, three weeks or three Fridays from now. So I have that bro. Um, and then a video along with that. I'm actually shooting another video next weekend. Um, just trying to stay consistent, yeah. man. Like, I really have, um, you know, I have, like, a, a bunch of songs that I kind of just sit on and, you know, kind of figure out where I want to go next and what I want to do next, what would have a dope video, all these things. So, but as far as, like, next, the, the 21st is the, is okay. the next big and, thing. And you you said you're really just looking for the next big thing. And this, this past year, you were actually at Spotify's new artists or you were nominated for spotify's best new artist how was that how was that no 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 so i actually was not i was not nominated that that would have been yeah awesome it was it just so happened bro so it was uh it was grammy weekend out in la and one of my good friends she's just really she's from la she just has like all the connections in the world and she's like yo like i want you to come to the spotify event um it's for the best new artist um I was like i just want you to you know meet some people da, 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 da. so that was yeah. cool man like obviously like it was the most la thing you could probably think of <laughs> just just uh, every I mean, like, celebrity the, you can think of, of kind of thing literally everywhere you go bro like i looked around like i saw Kelani there like a bunch of the tiktokers i mean lil nas x was performing billy eilish did you um, okay it was literally like if, the most if i would have seen Kelani there i probably would have fainted that was <laughs> oh, true. No, trust me, bro. Like the Kalani is like my everything, bro. Like I literally, then like all my like I had a few friends that I went with that that knew that they're like, yo, like turn around. And I swear to you, bro. Like it was like, you know how people say like, oh, like like you're you're glowing right now. Like Kalani literally had like a like a like a real life aura. Like she was literally like glowing, and I just like couldn't I couldn't look away, bro. It was, Top, it was one ridiculous. of the one of the most. <laughs> 
gorgeous women on this planet. No doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, okay, so so actually, I mean, have you have you actually heard Georgia Georgia Smith just released a track actually? Also another another Georgia, beautiful uh, woman. Oh yeah, love her too. <laughs> she's 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 definitely like top three for sure. <laughs> no, okay, so the main I mean, like like I mentioned earlier, Dominic Dominic Fike just just released his love him. his first album. I, I wouldn't consider Don't Forget Me an album, but but what did you think? Of, what was your first thoughts on this album, bro? So if I'm going to be completely honest, the first listen through was a little underwhelming. Okay. Why? Because if I'm looking at, I'm because I'm looking at the track list right now to 14 songs, it's only a 35 minute album. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I'm like, I'm obviously me being a very big Dom fan. Like I'm still happy with it, but I definitely didn't get like, everything that I felt like he could have displayed. You know what I mean? I feel like Politics and Violence obviously was a great single, and I feel like out of everything, that was like the, the song that really displayed his versatility. That's Yeah, yeah, you know that's what I mean? exactly. I was talking to a couple of my friends about after he re- he released that prior, obviously. We were talking about it, and he, he kind of went into his rap bag a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I was kind of looking, obviously, like, I know that's not what he does, um, but then again, I, as we're going through the album, I kind of felt like I was just hearing some of the same songs. Uh, for, to me, Vampires is stand Vampire, out. Vampires yeah, is my yeah, favorite. For sure. Vampires is, is nuts. Um, I also like Cancel Me, Good Games, Tight, Wise, Tight. I did like Check Contenders too. Like, so that's the thing for the most part, bro. Like, that's almost half the album that I just named. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I still liked it, but like, I just remember like on first listen, I was like, I was like waiting to like get into it and it didn't really get into it to like the third, third song. No, for, yeah, yeah, no, sense. for sure. And that's kind of one thing that, especially when I listen to albums and it takes me a few listens to, to actually realize, oh, like this song is actually a banger and stuff like that. I mean, for one, just to bring it up, because this is, this is the only album I can kind of think of right now, but Nav, when he released Good Intentions a few months back, I thought it, I didn't think it was good at all at first, but I mean, there are a couple of songs that I that are still on my playlist that I still listen to all the time. So I, I definitely had to listen. I agree. I definitely had to listen to this album a few times. To actually appreciate it. I mean, Cancel Me is obviously a banger. Right. And that, and that's the thing. I honestly think that's that kind of goes for everyone. You know what I mean? Because like it's so rare more often than not when you just listen to an album the first time and it's just like the best thing ever. And I feel like the things that I, that the albums that I listen to and it makes me, I have to listen to a few times, they age well. Right. And I feel like that's kind of what albums should do. You know what I mean? They should kind of challenge, challenge you a bit and be like, okay, like, what are you doing here? All these different things. And I feel like more often than not, the albums that I feel like that about are like, end up being my favorite albums. Right. What, what, what is, what are a couple albums like that for you that maybe released a little over, maybe (laughs) over a year ago that still you listen to all the time? Um, let's see. Yay was one of those yeah. for me. Yay, when the when Yay came out, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then I think the more and more that I listened to it, um, I was just like, yeah, this is this is really really fire. Um, what else have I been? What was? It? Let me see. So you said albums like in the past year that like I, I'm still yeah, like that, that definitely aged well, like you said. Let's see. Who else? Yay. I'm trying to think of 
Cause then again, bro, like there there are times where like I'm still I'm really not hard to please, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm a fan, like I'm a fan. No, but that's um, the thing is that like having like such a versatile or like yeah, like such a versatile music taste, it's hard to like because I'm the same way. I mean, I think that's why it's hard to rank artists now, in my opinion, because I, I listen to so many different genres. I mean, obviously Dominic Fike and then obviously hip-hop, rap, whatever, R&B, like, it's so hard to actually rank right. artists now because there's so many different genres and styles, you know what I'm saying? Of course, of course. That's why, like, it was funny. Someone asked me the other day, I forgot what the comparison was. Someone had asked, like, J. Cole or, like, who's better, J. Cole or, like, Lil Baby? And it's like, bro, like, you can't compare those two because they're, like, on two completely different playing yeah. fields. Like, yes, like, yes, it's hip-hop and rap, both of them, but, like, they're nowhere near the same. Like, they don't rap on the same type of beats. They don't have the same type of subject matter. No, like, you just can't compare them. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Jake, uh, yeah, like you said, like, J. Cole's, J. Cole's way, like, way more lyrical than Lil Baby will ever be. Don't get me wrong. Lil Baby makes, obviously, he's, he's the next big thing and he i i have all the faith in the world he's about to control this decade but he's not he's not near the same artist like not even similar to j cole at all j cole at all at all which is no disrespect but it's just it's just the facts like they're just two completely different artists right um but yeah as far as projects go i think do you know who beam yeah yeah beam is dope that 95 project that he did with cardo was amazing like i still listen to that a lot um one of my favorite artists uh do you know who rex life raj yes. is so oh rex okay, life so i was actually gonna bring rex. this up but if you don't follow cam jones on on tiktok please do so we can finally get this man verified but, but <laughs> no Thank that's right i discovered rex life raj from one of your like most underrated artist projects and that man is fire and that's the thing I was actually going to ask you. How has like using TikTok because you have what around one hundred and fifty thousand followers on TikTok right now, somewhere around? Almost there. We're we're at a hundred four hundred forty four k. How has that kind of like like increased your popularity with the music thing? You know, releasing stuff like just little videos like that. Man, it's it's been pretty yeah. nuts. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, man. Like this, I see the difference in streams. I see the difference in just overall opportunity like i've had a few people reach out um who've seen my tiktok who want me to host who want me to host like their podcast or like like the long story short this dude hit me up the other day he uh it's called versus game he uh like google's an investor like bruno mars and like he wants me to be like one of the hosts for his podcast because he's seen seen tiktok or seen my tiktok um you know so just it, it's nuts man and just even like just though those uh, like underrated artist series that I do, like people will send those videos to those artists and they'll like DM me on Instagram and be like, yo, bro, like I really want to thank you. Like da, 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 da. And like, we just like build relationships off of that. And I think it's, it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, no, that, and that, that's the thing is, I mean, who knows, who knows what's going to happen with TikTok or whatever. But I just think, right. I just think that's, that's like, because obviously people, that like music will obviously like stumble across your videos and and obviously like using using tiktok gets all these all, gets all these artists noticed that you know these videos that you post is obviously rex life raj is one one example of that like you were mentioned earlier right right 
Yeah, man. I, I think I think it's dope because I mean, ultimately, ult- excuse me. Ultimately, at one point, um, I probably wanted to not probably like I will start like my own like label like blog type thing, and TikTok just really gave me the platform to kind of do that by myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I I sit and I talk about you know just artists that I enjoy. Right. You know what I mean, and hopefully it helps them out. And at the same time, like it's cool because half the time people don't even know I make music. Right. They just think like that I'm just like a like a music guy. And then they're just like, yo, like I found you you put me on to this artist and then I didn't realize you made music, so I checked your music out and like you're right, fired, that's, bro. That's that's exactly so what it, like I I've followed you because you were posting like cool things like underrated artists and I, I like I saw you post that no strings snippet or something. I was like, Wait, wait, this uh-huh. dude's actually fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's tight, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, and and I was actually I had one question about no strings. Like I know I noticed you posted something when it when it first came out. You said you you'd been sitting on that track for two years or something like that. And was it was it hard not yeah. releasing it because you knew you said you knew it was going to be it had so much potential to be a good track. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, man. It was like it was pretty tough because at that point, like I was just so like I wasn't like in the how do I put it? Like the flow that I'm in now with like creating. So like when I like create stuff, I was like, yo, I want to put it out like as soon as possible. You know right. what I mean? But I was, I was like kind of, you know what I mean? Cause I was, I needed like another extra push. Like I really wanted to get some like money behind it a little bit, like have like a stamp on it. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I think I made that song in September of like 2018. It's crazy. Um, crazy yeah. and like it was i literally sat for like an entire year just so i could get this just so i can get my foot in the door with empire um like i said it's with who i'm like dealing with right now and finally like finally got the song over to them and they heard a few other songs that i uh let me see i sent them reckless and then i had this other song that i had sent or that or that's not even out yet and that that was what basically like they're like okay like we could uh we can kind of co-sign this and so it took a while to like actually get everything together because I had to get the video done, all that. But yeah, man, that's it's it's kind of crazy. It just kind of goes to show that like if you focus on the music and like don't make or like not try to make like what's hot at the moment, like good music will always last. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just feel like like I said, the fact that this song is is done in September 2018, like and it's very still like I'm still nothing, like you know what I mean? Like I'm still not this crazy big artist yet, but like for the following that I have and the numbers that I've that I've put up so far, I'm happy yeah. with it. You know what I mean? It's, like I said, it just kind of goes to show that good music uh, will kind of just last no matter what time. And for in. and like you said, you that was like you you had been releasing music before that, but like you said, you hadn't really been taking it like 100% committed to it up until. Yeah, bro. Because yeah. until until recently, because like the thing was, I was still going to school. I was still. And, you know, I didn't graduate college until f- uh, fall semester of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, like, I was still going to school. I was working two jobs. I lived in the Bay Area, bro, so it was, like, the most expensive right. place damn near in the U.S. right now. You know, so, like, I was I was really, like, music was, like, when I came home and after, like, a long day of work and, like, would squeeze a few hours of creativity. And, of course, like, but still, like, taking it serious, you know what I mean? But, like... It was just I had other things to do. Right. You know, what I mean, I was in the classroom. I had five, six cl- classes. Like I said, I was working two jobs, so like it was trying to squeeze in as much time as I could when I had some free time. You know, which is rare. But then, like I said, w- once I got 
this little situation that, that I'm in with Empire, I this was what last last September when I had signed our marketing and distribution deal. Um, I was like, you know what? Let me move back home. Let me move back to my hometown, save some money, and like just really go all in on the music. You know, so I'm back at home now. I don't have crazy expenses. I have like you know my my studio set up in my room. I live with my mom, and like I really, you know, it. I, I really can't right. complain. Right, and you're. <laughs> You're doing what you love, obviously, and that's all. That's all anybody can ask for, you know. And one, right, one thing, right? One thing that I wanted to ask is what What is your biggest biggest goal as an artist? My biggest goal as an artist. Okay, so I have this brand called Studio Two. Studio Two is basically like my creative label, mm-hmm. um, having all in house everything. If you know, if you know Russ. Um, you obviously know who right, Russ is, right. Yeah, so Russ is kind of like my whole blueprint for everything as far as like the DIY guy. Um, I really want to build Studio 2 up to be, so it's basically in-house graphic designers, in-house producers, engineers, um, you know, just a in, like an in-house production team um, to kind of just reshape the music business, if that makes sense. I mean, it's kind of already happening now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, like... There's so many labels out here, bro, and so many artists that are just getting bad deals. And I think what what I could do is if I could kind of create my own thing and kind of just even even like how like ASAP Mob and all these guys are doing like the, these group in-house production things. You don't need a label. You don't really need a label to win. And I think one of my biggest goals is to I know I made it when I can come back. So on my hometown, um, I don't know if you're familiar with. If, or have you ever heard of Avila Beach? No, no, not at all. But no, no, no. okay. So, so basically, basically, where I live, like twenty minutes down the road, like there's a place called Avila Beach, and they throw like big ass concerts yeah. there. Like they've had like Mac Miller there before he passed, like Kid Cudi. That's fine. And I think it would be cool, like if I could do like a studio too, like uh, almost kind of what like Camp Flagner does, do like a two day thing um, in my hometown, like do like a studio too, like you know, event two days and. That 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 would be kind of like my biggest goal as an artist is to like maybe gain all those relationships with artists down the line and have them come perform yeah, down in Africa. That's fire. And like you like you mentioned earlier, uh, like a lot of artists are going independent now. And one one guy that I mean I've been a fr- fan of Code of the Friend since like 2018, but he really makes it known that he's an independent artist. He's not signed to a label or anything like that, which is. As right. he should, as he, he should. Doesn't, he doesn't need a he doesn't need a label. And obviously, this this average his everything album that just came out not too long ago, and he he made it known that he was one of the first artists to ever make it on top one hundred without a without a label. Without a label, yeah. And that and that just that just shows the kind of kind of era that we're in. That these artists, I mean, who, like who 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 really, as long as it's in their best interest, that's all that that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely, man. There's so many resources nowadays for independent artists to win. Um, you know, and then obviously, like, if, if you listen to, like I said, Russ, to me, man, is, like, my whole blueprint. Like, I listen to everything that guy says because it's, it, it's it's so true. Like, you know what I mean? Him just kind of seeing how he came up and then how he did the Columbia thing for, like, two years. I don't know if you really know, like, his situation, like, his label situation and all that, but... um. He, he just finessed them. Like, he just knows how to make money. And 
it's just so true, man. If you could, if you could just build an organic core fan base and, you know, with just how we we're talking about earlier, the resources that you have as an artist to put things out on SoundCloud, put things out on Spotify, you know, by yourself, you know what I mean? There's so many different ways you can win as an independent artist. And I just don't see the necessarily the need, um, for a major label but then again you just kind of have to ask yourself what do you want out of your career yeah and and a lot of these a lot of these guys kind of kind of make it seem like they're more of a more of a slave to the to the company or whoever they they're signed to yeah because they technically are man like they 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 really are like artists and it it feels bad or i feel bad man like they've been doing this the same things for years and it's like preying on you know, young artists who don't necessarily have the best home situations, you know what I mean? So they therefore dangle like a $400,000 advance in their face that they know they can't recoup. And then, you know, they basically buy your likelihood. Right, yeah. You know I mean, they, they buy control, your name. control and what, everything what kind of music comes. you put out. And and as an artist, yeah, yeah as an artist, that's that's who you are. You know, you, you're using this platform to to express who you are and stuff like that, so. right. And, and you and you get owned for right. it, <laughs> which, is, which is not which is not uh, you know, as creatives like that sh- that should be our, that's ours. Right. You know what I mean? That's our creative right. property, which we should you know, take all all profits for, and it, and it's possible. You yeah. know what I mean? But you know the music industry, like I said, they just prey on kids who don't necessarily have the knowledge, and you know just make a quick buck right. off of and them. And these are and these are these are young kids. And one thing. Wh- and obviously, you you said you you uh, played baseball growing up, like huge played played in college. Mm-hmm. What um like how do you how do you feel about the MLB? How MLB's handling Corona and all that compared to you know the NBA and all these other professional sports leagues? Uh, so I honestly I've been in what what exact way because I know they're they're necessarily not even in the bubble. No, right? they're not. They're um MLB. They've had they've had to postpone a ton of games. I think the Miami Marlins have had 14, 14 positive tests. Uh, oh, you know what? I think I heard Derek Jeter speaking on that. That's uh honestly, man, that's that's obviously something they need to figure out. Like it's one thing to have like nobody at the game, but obviously the people that <laughs> are playing the games, like you can't, you know, if you really actually want to have a season, you gotta be a little bit stricter. Right. I th- I think the NBA has got it down pat. The, like, the way they've been handling that's phenomenal. That's how you're supposed to do it. Are you are you uh you know and this- Laker Lakers or uh Warriors fan? Yeah, obviously. Oh no, I I I'm a diehard Laker okay. fan. Diehard Laker fan. I was there for the last five terrible years that we had <laughs> that we didn't make playoffs. I've been I've been enduring all the pain, man. So like watching this watching this miracle happen of getting LeBron and AD on the same on the same floor is yeah. nuts. Or in the same jersey as nuts. So, but yeah, I'm a diehard Laker fan, and like I said, some baseball. Um, I'm kind of a bandwagon. Like I, I love, I I love watching the Dodgers win now. But I grew up uh, a Yankee fan. I, I grew up a big Derek Jeter fan. Um, and hard, all that it's hard too. Not, so. It's hard not to be a Derek Jeter fan. He's right. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just it's been my hero. You know what I mean? Ever since I was a kid, he's the reason why I wear two. Um, I've worn the number two since I could remember. Did you, did you play? So. Did you play shortstop? <laughs> I did for a little bit. I played shortstop, shortstop, and second base. And then when I got older, started playing travel ball, like scout ball and stuff. Um, I played left and center okay. field. I was just fast. Yeah. So, no man, I 
that's really all I had for you. Thank you so much for being on. I know, I know you have a busy schedule, so really appreciate, really appreciate it. And anything, anything else you wanted to add yeah. for? Oh, no, man. I just want to, again, thank you. Cause I think this is a, a very, very dope thing that you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just want to appreciate or just thank you for, uh, for yeah, having me for on. Sure. I really appreciate all it. Right. I hope, we, I hope we talk soon. That's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you all for tuning in. I know it was, it was a little bit longer than usual, but thank you again to Cam Jones for being on the show. And for Bryce Wyatt, who's not on recording with me right now, I'm Riley Shepard, and we will all see you next week. <laughs>